Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode is all about how to plan a wedding with your in-laws. So if you're getting married, you are likely going to have in-laws, mother-in-law, father-in-law, unless your parents' partners are, or sorry, your partner's parents are no longer with us, then you can probably skip over this episode, but don't because, you know, there's probably still some good stuff in here. So basically, this whole episode is just going to be about how you sort of navigate that wedding planning journey with your partner's parents. (laughs) Um, And more often than not, it is the mother-in-law Um, that you are dealing with. I don't know of a ton of father-in-laws who are super involved in wedding planning, but um, that could be be the case. So I will try to say parent-in-law as much as I can, but apologies if I slip up and say mother-in-law. So let's dive into it. So first things first, and I say this in almost every episode, but you really want to start with that solid foundation. So before you even bring up wedding planning to your parents or your partner's parents, really make sure that you and your partner are on the same page about your wedding. You have the same ideas for the type of wedding you want, the size, the, you know, style of venue, the guests, the, I don't know, the vibe. Is it going to be drinks and dinner and dancing? Is it going to be brunch? Is it going to be food trucks? Is it going to be at you know, home in your backyard or at a hotel or in Greece, Um, really make sure that two of you are on the same page and you've had those conversations and you've, you know, written down your ideas, gone through the different checklists and made a spreadsheet, whatever it is you need to do to get on the same page. Um, So you really are presenting that united front when you bring those ideas to your parents. If you're still kind of early days wishy-washy, it's hard to involve other people because they might sort of influence you or shut down ideas that you're really passionate about. So it's really important to have those first conversations with your partner and make sure the two of you are on the same page. Uh, Again, I've talked about this before, but a really great way to do this is to both, you know, go away separately and write down your top three priorities for the day. So the three things that are the absolute most important to you, it could be like really good food, an amazing DJ, a great photographer, or, you know, a beautiful outfit, 
um, really gorgeous lighting, handcrafted invitations, whatever it is, you write down your top three and then you come together and you put them together and you'll have a top six. You might have some overlap. So your top like three to six, and those are sort of your main priorities for your wedding. So the top three to six things that are absolutely most important to you, your non-negotiables, you really don't want to compromise. And that really helps you sort of get rid of everything else. So if neither of you put flowers on the list, maybe flowers or something you either cut or, you know, you put less of your budget towards it, less of your time and energy towards it. And this is very helpful when you do start involving other people in your wedding planning, like your parents and like your in-laws, um, because they might be super passionate about flowers. And all of a sudden you kind of have to decide, okay, um, are we just going to let, you know, mother-in-law Kathy run with this uh, and go go nuts on the flowers and do whatever she wants? Or are we going to say, hey, sorry, that's not a priority for us. We don't have the budget for it. Um, you know, flowers just aren't going to be a thing. Anyways, we'll get more into that. But always trying to um, stay as united as you can, be on the same page with your partner. And I think it really helps if you do all the planning together. I know there's uh, a lot of stereotypes about in a hetero relationship, the bride does all the wedding planning and the groom just has to show up. I am so against that. I have an episode called Why Your Groom Should Plan the Wedding. I firmly believe the groom should be a part of the wedding planning process. Um, it's ridiculous that we think women should shoulder the burden and take all the time and energy, um, you know, all the extra time and energy they have on top of their regular, you know, work and life commitments and throw that all into wedding planning, especially if it involves a lot of work with in-laws, um, you know, not even your parents, your, your groom, your partner should be there with you the entire time. You should be planning it together and they should be there uh, if you do need backup in any situation. All right, so the first thing you did was you established that great foundation between you and your partner. You're on the same page about your wedding. You have your priorities. You're a united front. You're going to back each other up. Next, you want to kind of discuss some boundaries. So unfortunately, some relationships with parents and with in-laws can get really, really toxic. Um, it goes beyond, you know, somebody who just is super passionate about white lilies at the, you know, reception. Um, it can get really, really ugly in certain family situations. Sometimes you don't have a great relationship with your parents. Your partner doesn't have a great relationship with their parents or vice versa. Um, yeah, just, you know, you know what I mean? I don't have to go down a laundry list of examples here, but lots of situations where the um, family dynamic is just toxic and they're not people you want in your life. This is not going to be a how-to episode for how to plan your wedding with someone who doesn't think you should be getting married. You know, if you're um, marrying someone of the same uh, gender or the same sex or, um, you know, a different religion or someone who's, you know, been married before or something like that. And your parents or your in-laws just like fundamentally don't agree with your wedding. I don't think there's going to be a podcast episode out there that's going to help feel, heal that relationship. Um, this is more a situation where, you know, your father-in-law wants you to serve chicken and you are dead set against that because you're you know, a vegetarian or something like that. This is this is the podcast for you. If it's a situation where you just, you know, fundamentally have different beliefs um, about your life together, and it's not so much that they're difficult, you know, being difficult planning a wedding, but they're just being difficult with the direction your life is taking, I think that is a situation where you might need to put in some really firm boundaries 
on um, their involvement in your wedding day, possibly even their involvement in your life. This is something where you probably want to seek some professional help, uh, some counseling or something like that, either for yourself, for you and your partner, or for the whole family, if people are all game to do it. Um, but just remember that your safety, not just your physical safety, but also your emotional safety, your mental safety is very important. And, um, you know, put those boundaries in place to protect yourself, to protect your partner. Uh, the, the last thing you want to do really is be dealing with um, you know, a really unsafe and scary and toxic environment while you're trying to plan what's supposed to be a really beautiful and lovely day. So that's my little caveat there. If you are dealing with something, you know, much more toxic than just disagreeing on the type of cake you're going to serve, uh, you might need to take a step back and bring in some professional help. Um, if it is, you know, some more of those smaller issues, uh, keep, keep listening and boundaries are still important. I think a great place to put in a boundary is sort of on when and how you're going to talk about your wedding with your in-laws. So are your in-laws expecting, you know, a status call every day? Do they want you to check in daily? Do you have a, a Google sheet that you have to update that they're part of? Do you have a, I don't know, uh, iMessage group or a WhatsApp group and you have to let people know what's happening? Do they want you to come over for dinner once a week and give them an update? Uh, once a month, are you going to have, you know, a big planning meeting and all the parents and in-laws come together to meet up? So really setting those boundaries um, and making it clear that like, hey, we're going to talk about the wedding, you know, every Sunday when we come over for dinner, we'll talk about the wedding after dinner, not during dinner, you know, during dinner, we're just catching up, we're talking about our weeks about, you know, work and kids and all that. After dinner, we'll set aside, you know, one to two hours, and we'll update you on what's happening with the wedding, you can ask questions, give your input, we'll share, you know, our perspective, anything that's been booked or taken care of, that's our wedding planning time. And that sort of helps you, um, I'm going to say boundary again, <laughs> set that boundary, let your in-law in-laws know, uh, and you can do this with your parents too, letting them know how involved they are going to be in that wedding planning and when they should expect to hear from you, when the updates will be, when those conversations are taking place. And that makes it a lot easier so you don't um, run into a situation where your mother-in-law is calling you at, you know, nine in the morning and you're at work or, you know, is texting you five times a day for different updates and stuff like that. And a lot of the times I think a lot of the issues we run into probably just in life in general, in all of our relationships, it comes down to that communication. You know, we didn't set the boundary. We didn't let them know ahead of time, hey, here's how wedding planning is going to go. Here's what your involvement is going to look like. Here's when you're going to hear from us, the status updates, asking questions, all of that. People don't know. So your mother-in-law might be sitting at home thinking like, oh, I had a few ideas. I'll just, you know, text so-and-so and, and see what she thinks. And you know, she's probably thinking that's a totally normal, nice thing to do. Whereas you're at work and your phone is vibrating nonstop and you're just trying to get through the day, finish your meeting, finish your project, whatever it is. And you can't believe your mother-in-law is bugging you about what color the champagne flutes should be when you're in the middle of a meeting. Um, but from her side, she doesn't see that, right? So it really helps to, uh, and I say this all the time, you know, you want to communicate early and often. Let Set the bar, let them know what's what's going to happen and, you know, have those conversations right off the top. When you're talking about money, I did a whole episode on how to talk uh, about money with your parents. And this applies to parents-in-law as well, but really, you know, sitting down from that first conversation where you discuss how much they're contributing, what that contribution looks like and asking them, Hey, so, you know, now that you're contributing however much money or no money, whatever it is, uh, how involved do you want to be? 
Do you want to, you know, be really right there with us every step of the way, uh, our unpaid wedding planner? Do you want to just be kept in the loop? Do you want to hear about the wedding daily, weekly, monthly, uh, bi-monthly, <laughs> quarterly? <laughs> do you just want to give us money and walk away, not care, show up on the wedding day? Because that's, you know, that's that's a thing too. There are some in-laws, you know, maybe you're having the opposite problem. Maybe your in-laws don't care at all and don't want to get involved. And you're kind of thinking like, hey, I'd like you to be a little bit more participatory. I'd like you to pay a little bit more attention, which is totally valid. So have those conversations right off the bat about how involved they're going to be, um, you know, how they can ask questions, how they can get updates, that sort of thing. When you set those boundaries right off the top, it really makes it easier for everyone. And of course, things can change, you know, as you get closer to the wedding, it probably makes sense to be in touch more often than once a month, especially, you know, the month or two before, you might need to be in touch weekly or even daily, depending on, you know, what's happening with the wedding. So, so your boundaries can change, but I think it is important that you talk about them from the top and, um, and set those with your with your in-laws and letting them know things like, hey, you know, we'd love for you to come on venue visits with us, but only once we've narrowed it down to our top three. Or we're going to do a cake tasting and, you know, once we've decided um, our, you know, top two or three flavors, we'll bring you, I don't know, cupcakes so you can taste it too. Or, hey, we're going to meet the florist, we'll let you know how it goes instead of, do you want to come with us? So again, talking with your partner, figuring out what those boundaries are, how involved you want your parents to be, and then asking them too, right? Because maybe they want to be super involved, maybe they don't really want to be super involved. And I think that's, that's a reality for a lot of parents, a lot of in-laws, um, you know, they have more going on than just your wedding, <laughs> strangely enough. So I think it's okay uh, if they also say that, you know, hey, that's awesome, keep us in the loop, we'll help out where we can. But we, you know, we have three other kids and we work full-time jobs and we have grandkids we take care of. So no, we're not going to come with you to every venue visit or cake tasting or florist meeting or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, having those conversations early and often because things will change throughout your wedding planning. So everyone's on the same page and it sort of sets that really happy uh, relationship. And of course, that doesn't mean things are going to be perfect because as we've talked about before, uh, weddings are, it's a lot of relationships. It's a lot of family dynamics. It's a lot of money and it's all happening, you know, at one time, one big event. So it's natural that things are going to get a little bit tense. People are going to be on different pages, even if you do communicate um, as much as possible and you have those boundaries in place, especially for in-laws, you know, they have this sense of quote unquote losing their child, especially if it's a situation where their child is moving out or perhaps moving away or something like that, where the relationship really does feel like it's changing. It's also a lot of money. If the in-laws are contributing, they, you know, they feel that that's their purse strings tightening. <laughs> they are the ones, you know, putting in whatever it is, hundreds, thousands of dollars. It's also a lot of family dynamics and you might not be able to see it from where they are. Maybe they're getting pressure from, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, grandparents, whoever it is who are putting other expectations on them or other pressure. Um, and just, you know, by the fact that they are older than you, they've been to a lot more weddings and they've been to a lot more weddings, you know, for their, their family, their side of the family. You may not have been to any weddings for that side of the family. So they're coming with a lot more experience and knowledge and possibly expectations and pressure. And it's just, it's a lot going on. So <laughs> I think it's important to keep that in mind, you know, despite your best communication efforts and boundary placing, there's still a ton that goes into working with parents and with in-laws. Um, and we want to really have that moment of, of grace for everyone involved. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, so just a quick note. Um, Working with your in-laws, I say working with, planning a wedding with your in-laws, is it's a little bit different than planning a wedding with just your parents. Um, you know, with your own parents, you've got that comfort level. You've known them literally your entire life. You might have a shorthand with them. You kind of gravitate towards planning a wedding with them. I know in my situation, I'm a lot more comfortable talking wedding stuff with my mom. I just, you know, I know her. <laughs> I'm comfortable with her. She has... Um, a lot of the same uh, thoughts as I do. We have a lot of similar tastes and similar ideas. So I know she's always going to be sort of on the same wavelength as me. She's got a really great eye for detail. So it's a lot easier for me to text her and say, oh, hey, I was just thinking we need to have a mat to go underneath the red wine so it doesn't spill. And she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And goes, yep, that's a great idea. I know where that's going to go. I know where we can get one. I know what color it should be. She's totally on it. Whereas if I texted my mother-in-law that, um, she'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, But that, you know, that makes no sense to me. And that's totally fine. I think there are going to be parts of the wedding you're more comfortable probably planning by yourself planning with your partner, planning with your parents versus planning with your in-laws. But at the same time, know that that might mean that your in-laws feel left out, especially in a hetero relationship. If you are a bride listening and you're finding it way easier to plan with your mom or your sisters and you have a mother-in-law who, you know, maybe she only has sons or she hasn't had a chance to plan a wedding with a daughter yet. And she's just not feeling like she's part of anything, right? Maybe your groom is not as involved and therefore his mother is not as involved and she's feeling a little bit left out. Um, so I think, I think that's something to be aware of. And, you know, again, having those conversations, asking her how involved she wants to be, uh, if she does want to be part of, of different things with my own mother-in-law, I kind of feel like we, we kind of see both sides, you know, we'll be having a conversation, the four of us, me, my partner, my mom, his mom about the wedding, and she'll kind of drift off or she'll, you know, she'll say something else or she'll show us something that's like not related to the wedding. And we kind of have to like bring her attention back. And in those moments, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, do you, do you want to be here? Do you care? <laughs> like what's, you know, what's, what's going on? Do you, are you not interested? And I should really take my own advice and just communicate with her and, you know, set those boundaries and explain, you know, how I'm feeling and ask how involved she wants to be. I haven't done that yet, to be honest. I know, I know it's tough. It's easy to say that you should do that. It's a weird conversation to have in reality. So I understand. Um, But then other times she'll say things to me like, oh, I was talking with my girlfriends and, you know, we really want to throw you a shower. And I'm like, oh, you do? (laughs) Like totally out of nowhere. So, you know, try to try to have those conversations with your in-laws and ask them how involved they want to be, especially if you do find yourself gravitating towards your own parents and planning more with them. I also find it's easier to disagree with your own parents or quote unquote fight. You know, I, I shared in a previous episode that my mom and I got into a big fight about like serving a trifle at our wedding 
thing, which is hilarious. Um, and that is certainly nothing I would ever do with my mother-in-law. Just, you know, we don't, we don't have that same comfort level where I'm not, I'm not fighting with her. You know, we might kind of disagree, um, but it, it won't get to that fighty level. Um, so I think, you know, just knowing that is important if you do find yourself getting kind of stressed with your own parents. Um, maybe it is time to bring in the in-laws because that's an easier, you know, avenue and then there's less room for fighting. Or if something comes up with your in-laws and you kind of are feeling like you disagree, but you just can't have that conversation with them because that's not the relationship you have, then that's time, you know, to call in your partner and to bring your partner in to sort of back you up there. All right, so when do you compromise? So let's say you and your in-laws are, you know, in the middle of planning something for the wedding. They want one thing, you want the other. And I think it's really important to know when to compromise versus when to give in or stand your ground. So the easiest time to compromise is obviously if there is a middle ground, if it's not a black and white issue of like, yes, we're doing, you know, if it's something like, hey, we're getting married in a church or not in a church, there's not really a middle ground. I mean, I guess technically you could probably get, um, you know, a religious person to officiate for you, not in a church. So I guess there is a middle ground there. You could compromise, but if it really is a thing of, okay, you're getting married in our family church or somewhere else, um, that's a difficult one to, to really compromise on. It's kind of yes or no. So if you're, if you're starting off a conversation, you know, it's going to be difficult. You're hoping you can compromise, go in with the most positive attitude you can keep an open mind, really listen to your parents-in-law. You know, they might have a good reason for wanting what they want. They might have some insight you don't know about. Maybe they have, you know, more experience with something or a family connection. Maybe, maybe, you know, the family church is where, I don't know, 10 generations of their family has been married and it's the same um, you know, religious person who baptized your partner and the, they've agreed to do it for free or, you know, something like that. Just, just hear them out, go in with an open mind. Don't go in, you know, super closed and ready to fight. Just, you know, hear what they have to say. Of course, it's a lot easier to compromise if the in-laws are paying for it. Um, but of course, if they are paying for it, that also usually gives them a little bit more control. Again, go back and listen to that episode all about how to talk to your parents about money as well. I did an episode called why you might want to pay for your own wedding. If you're finding you're running into a lot of problems with your parents or your in-laws trying to, you know, control or plan aspects of your wedding because they paid for it. That's a really good episode to listen to. Again, why you might want to pay for your own wedding, even if you're not paying for it entirely by yourself. I think there's a lot of good tips in that one about how to sort of get that control back. <laughs> so an example for my situation on compromise is actually flowers. So my partner and I had said off the bat, you know, we're trying to do our wedding pretty low key, um, pretty low cost. That one thing that we were going to let go of was flowers, even though I'm a huge fan of flowers. And I always bug my partner like, hey, you should you should buy me more flowers, bring home flowers. <laughs> I had decided that, you know what, I'm okay, I don't need them. They, they live for such a short time. They are super expensive and there's not really, there's not like a, a point to them. Like they're, they're just pretty and it's like a thing, you know, brides hold flowers, but it's not, it's not like a, a purpose. Like I can, <laughs> I can take photos without flowers. I can, you know, do the ceremony without flowers. Honestly, for most of the time, I won't be holding them. So I was happy to cut them. Um, but my mother-in-law came in and said, oh, you know, I really want to buy you a bouquet. Um, you know, I, I'd like to pay for the flower. So first of all, she's paying. So that was a lot easier to compromise. So the compromise was, you know, instead of doing big floral installations and getting floral centerpieces and bouquets and vases and all this other decor stuff, we said, okay, like we'll take, um, 
you know, a bouquet for me for the bride and then a boutonniere for my partner for the groom. And that was it. So we're going to do the bridal bouquet and the groom's boutonniere. And that's probably all the fresh flowers we're going to have. And they are kind of expensive. And it has been a little bit of a chore to actually find, you know, a florist that'll just do those two options for not a staggering amount of money. <laughs> I'm still in the process of that. It is very expensive. Um, and I, part of me just wants to go down to the grocery store and buy a bouquet there. So we'll see, I might do that. Um, but that was the compromise. So we are going to have some florals and to be honest, I'm excited about it because I do think flowers are really, really beautiful. I had just sort of cut them from our list because I didn't think they were necessary and I didn't want to budget for them. But since my mother-in-law is paying and it's something she wants and she, you know, agreed to compromise, we don't need to do a ton of flowers. Not, we're not doing flowers for everyone. <laughs> we're not doing any decor flowers. It's just my bouquet and my partner. Uh, boutonniere. That was the compromise. It's also important to know when to call in your partner. So again, we talked about, you know, with your own parents, you have that stronger tie. Um, you can probably navigate trickier situations, difficult discussions. You also know them better. So you kind of have that background knowledge, what makes them tick um, when they're getting upset, you know, what sort of things are really important to them, what things do they not care about. So it's important when you are wedding planning with your in-laws to kind of know when it's time to call in your partner. Again, it is best if you and your partner are wedding planning together. So you're doing it all together, but inevitably you will have a conversation, you know, just you and your in-laws or you know, something where your partner can't be there by your side the whole time, but know when to call them in. You know, you can always sort of take a step back and say, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, discuss this with so-and-so. We'll, we'll let you know. And you can totally defer to your partner. You can say, hey, you know, babe, we've, your mom and I were talking about this and this and this. I think this thing, she thinks this other thing. Um, what do you think? And then can you let her know? Like, can you go and tell her? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say throw it all on your partner. You know, don't refuse to speak to your mother-in-law and only communicate through your, your fiance. Um, because, you know, this will be your family too, right? You will inevitably have to speak with your parents-in-law uh, at some point without your partner throughout your marriage. So you don't want to completely rely on your partner to do all the communicating, but definitely know when to call them in, when to use their um, expertise in their own parents <laughs> and let them handle some of those, you know, tricky situations. I see so many comments in these Facebook groups, these wedding planning Facebook groups of brides having like horrible issues with their mothers-in-law doing things, you know, completely disregarding their boundaries, stepping over them, doing things they don't love. And the advice is always like, okay, where's, where's the groom? Call him in. He needs to go talk to his mom and, and, you know, sort this out. So don't be afraid to do that. You don't have to solve it all by yourself. Your partner can absolutely help you. It's also important to know when to give in and when to stand your ground. So if compromising is not an option, it's either like yes or no. That's when you kind of have to decide, okay, when do you want to give in and when do you want to stand your ground? So for us, we had done a lot of our preliminary wedding planning together and we had this really, um, you know, concise idea of what we wanted our wedding to be. We were really cutting out everything extra. Um, I had, you know, written out a whole list of things we just weren't going to do. We're not going to have florals. We're not going to have uh, anything, you know, any decor. We're not going to have rentals. We're not going to have a cake. We're not going to have a wedding party. We're not going to have any bachelor or bachelorettes, like, you know, cut, 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 all of these things. Um, and I was almost like taking pride in being the, the, the kind of person, the bride, the couple that wasn't going to have this cookie cutter wedding that I was just really, you know, doing it super bare bones, um, focusing on just the few things that were important to me and getting rid of everything else because you don't need it. And I really was excited to be able to do this whole wedding for less than $5,000, which I still think we'll be able to do. 
Um, but sort of in having these conversations with uh, my parents and with my in-laws, it sort of showed me that, you know, I'm holding on to some of these unconventional, non-traditional things for really for no reason, just for the purpose of holding on to them. And that's scary to admit on a podcast all about being unconventional. But, you know, things like not having that bouquet, it's not because I don't like flowers. I think flowers are gorgeous. I think, you know, bridal bouquets are so beautiful. Um, Do I think they're worth like $300? Eh, Probably not. (laughs) But if someone else is paying for them, sure. Um, But I was just, you know, holding out saying, oh, not having it, not having it because we don't need it. But, uh, you know, most of a wedding you don't need. The only part you really need is your spouse, someone to legally marry you and that license. Um, Everything else is extra. So if that extra thing is, is really important to someone else and it doesn't actually matter to me, you know, it doesn't change any of my um, priorities for the day, it doesn't make or break my wedding, then then okay, I'm going to give in. That's that's sort of the compromise that I've come to for myself. You know, I, I look at each thing and say, okay, is this worth fighting about? Who is it more important to? Is it going to make or break my wedding? And does it affect one of my wedding priorities? And you know, going through those questions, if I kind of decide like, hey, it doesn't really matter to me. If someone else wants to take that on and make it happen and pay for it and put their time and energy into it, awesome. Totally go for it. So that's what I did with my own mom. She wanted to do some decor. You know, I was telling her, hey, we're not doing decor. We're not paying for it. We think this space is beautiful as it is. We, you know, it's not a priority to us. She really wanted to decorate the um, space where the food is going to be. And I said, okay, go for it. But like, I don't need to know. I don't need to be involved. I don't need to approve anything. I don't want to be ordering things on Amazon. I don't want to be setting things up. I'm not budgeting for it. If you want to do all that, you go ahead. And I totally trust her judgment and her taste. I know it's going to look great, but I really just left that in her hands. I think that's the best thing to do when you are going to give in is to, you know, not just say, yes, sure, we'll do that, but also to give the control and the price, um, the price tag, give that all to the person who really wants it. So uh, another one with my mother-in-law, she really wanted us to get rental chairs for the ceremony. And our original plan was we were just going to borrow a few chairs um, from our neighbors and only have seating for about half our guests and just ask the other half to stand. Um, And she was like, no, 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 let's just get rental chairs here. I'll pay for it. Um, like I'll cover delivery and everything. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's fine. It makes it easier on us. It's easier on our guests. They all get to sit. Uh, she's going to pay for it. We're going to get them delivered. So there's like no issue about us having to go and pick them up. Or, and since we only have so few guests coming, about 20, 25 guests, it's not going to be a big deal to set up the chairs. And I was very happy to give in and, you know, let that happen. She she really wanted it to happen. It was important to her. So not a problem. And then in terms of, you know, standing my ground, things that were important to me, I really did not want to do any pre-wedding parties. So no engagement parties, no uh, wedding showers, no bachelor or bachelorettes. To me, I, you know, I don't like being the center of attention. Um, I don't want to be involved in planning any of those things. It's already enough to be planning a wedding. And I feel odd just because we are having such a small wedding, you know, only 20, 25 guests. It feels weird to me to have a shower or a party and invite all these people you know, and and they're going to bring me gifts and then say, okay, thanks so much for your gifts, but uh, please don't come to my actual wedding. I also find a lot of those parties, um, not the most like feminist and inclusive. I, you know, I'm calling it a wedding shower, but it's often called a bridal shower. And usually uh, it's just women. And I eh, like, that's not really stuff that um, works with my belief system. And, you know, I just, I would feel strange about it. So my mother-in-law did mention a couple times that her and her, her, 
sister-in-law, so an aunt um, of my partner's, you know, they wanted to throw me a shower and sort of like, oh, too bad it's COVID and we can't. And I was like, yep, we can't. <laughs> like, nope, not not a fan, not something I want to do. And I know it comes from a place of love and it's very sweet that she wants to. But for me, that was something that I wanted to stand my ground on. All right, we are nearing the end. I'm almost out of breath. <laughs> um, I hope this episode was helpful and I gave you some ideas on how to plan a wedding with your in-laws. Just to recap, start with that really strong foundation, you and your partner being on the same page, being a united front. Set your boundaries, communicate early and often. Let your in-laws know how involved uh, you want them to be and sort of what the plan is in terms of wedding updates and when they can ask their questions or you know offer advice recognize that there is a lot that goes into planning a wedding and your in-laws are probably coming with, you know, baggage you don't know about. And it is different than working with your own parents. Know when to compromise. Is there a middle ground you can reach? Um, Know how to deal with in-laws, whether they're paying for something or they, you know, just want you to do something, but they're not footing the bill. Know when to call in your partner. If things are getting tricky, you can always defer to your partner and hopefully they're by your side planning the whole time. Know when to give in. Is it something you don't care about that will not make or break your wedding? That's not one of your priorities or when to stand your ground. That's when it's something that's really important to you. At the end of the day, also remember that, you know, this person is more than just a thorn in your side for, you know, 12 to 18 months of wedding planning. This person is your new parent, right? Your new mother, your new father-in-law, and they're going to be a huge part of your life and possibly, you know, your children's life for, the rest of your life for the rest of their life. This is someone you're going to have to be in contact with for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Um, and that's, you know, you don't want to throw it all away because they want peonies and you want lilies. So <laughs> try to get some perspective and definitely take a break if you need to. And besides that, happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.